Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is sponsored by Sammy Sutton, dedicated in honor of his parents, Frida and Mara Sutton. <coughs> of course, it should be for Washington Imam, Moshe Ben Adel, and uh, as well, uh, the other family members, Yosef Ben Adel, um, uh, as well, and Elel Ben Adel. As, as well, in honor of uh, the entire Kahal, uh, and uh, Breakfast in the Class today is also sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you uh, and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Azaka Baruch on the big meeting last night. Bezat Hashem, it should produce tremendous things. Breakfast in the Class dedicated in loving memory and Lulu Nishmat Hil Ben Misa Alea Shalom, sponsored by Tamar Megedish. As well, in loving memory, Lulu Nishmat Abraham Ben Salha. Shaul Ben Simha and Sahaba Toba Alhema Shalom, sponsored by Charles Darwish. Hazako Baruch. And finally, dedicated for the Rifuash Lemav, our dear friend, Rachamim Hai Ben Shoshan and Remy Zaytuni, sponsored by his parents, Rosie and David Zaytuni. Inshallah, we should see a Rifuash Lemav, in the merit of the unbelievable acts of kindness um, that he has spearheaded here in the city with the Food Connection, preparing. Some weekends, over 600 meals for people who are, who are hungry from his own kitchen. I mean, it is not normal, the amount of chesed that uh, he and his dear friend Sabrina have uh, done. They've created a wave of chesed. It should serve him in good stead now. Rabotai, I thought we should take an opportunity to do some practical uh, elements today in the preparation for Yom Kippur. There is a custom for men to go to the mikveh today. Uh, what if a person cannot get to a mikveh? Now, for all of us here, there's a mikveh on 74th and Broadway right off the corner, and there's another one on 77th up here in uh, Manhattan. But as this shiur goes out to other places, there's many places where a person cannot get to a mikveh. Or the only mikveh in town is reserved to the, for the women, and it's not open for the men. What does someone do in such a case? The halakha is that they go under, they uh, pour on themselves, tish'a kabin, nine kav of water. How much is that? That works out to about 12.5 liters of water. You can do that in the shower. Your person turns on the shower, stands under the shower, depending on your water pressure, right? Um, you'll be able to know how much that is on an average shower that doesn't have a very weak pressure. That's about a minute uh, to stand under the shower and make sure that the water pours on uh, the entire part. There's a custom amongst the Jewish people to say the vidui, ashamnu bagadnu gazalnu. Just please don't make, make sure that you don't say the beginning, uh, which has God's name in it, when you're not uh, properly dressed, you're in the beta merchatz, in the bathhouse. As well, there's a custom to dip in the mikveh seven times. This custom is for men. <clears throat> we dip seven times. Some people have a custom to dip ten times. And each time a person is going in the mikveh, under the water, they should imagine that they are losing one of the barriers between them and Borei Olam, one of the uh, kilipot, one of the, the peels or the tum'ah that has managed to come around that person and they're kind of penetrating one layer to the, uh, to the next until finally we get down to the purest essence of ourselves, to our souls. Of course, after that we go, we have an obligation to have a meal today, the Seudam Afseket. Just a little bit of advice. Please make sure that you're drinking a lot of water throughout the day. To gorge on water and to literally half drown yourself by drinking liters of water right before the fast is not as good as hydrating throughout the day. In fact, people who are experts will tell you to actually hydrate over, many, over three days. But you don't have that option. 
We're here where we are right now, so start now in the morning and drink. People don't realize you're drinking iced coffee all day. Coffee is a diuretic. doesn't help you. It's uh, going to actually dehydrate you. So make sure you're drinking water. And if you want to go up a notch uh, so that your fast is easier, um, you should have water uh, or with electrolytes, something like a, a Gatorade or a Powerade. Try and make sure it doesn't have a lot of sugar. Uh, that will be helpful for you. Also, in the meal to eat grapes or, uh, or watermelon, these types of foods, they are, they are what's called gel water. The body can retain it longer than regular water. That helps. In terms of fasting, if a person has trouble fasting, there are certain foods that help more. To have like a baked potato or something like that also helps and stays in the stomach uh, uh, for a very long time. My friends, we have an obligation on this day to make sure that we do not owe anyone any apologies for having hurt their feelings. And a lot of times people are sitting there writing emails and they're posting on social media, please forgive me, that doesn't help. You really need to be sending people uh, a specific, you need to be speaking to people specifically. If you can't reach out to them, then obviously a text or a, a WhatsApp or a direct email to them is better than nothing. But a mass email to everyone where you've not humbled yourself, you're not really sorry, you're just jumping on the bandwagon, that, that's not the same thing. If you post something and it comes back and you generated a conversation, so then you did something. For sure the people closest to you in your lives should receive either specific messages or calls, or if you can, do it in person. Who are those people, my friends? Your wife, your wife, your wife. I told you three times so that you should apologize three times. Your husband, your husband, your husband. Okay, make sure you're apologizing. You're telling them not only that I upset you, because you can upset someone by hurting them, you can upset someone also by not, hurt, by not hurting them, by not engaging, by ignoring. How many people are ghosting their wife or their husband? Okay? How many people are ghosting their parents? They're not listening, they're not calling, and when they call, they're absent, they're somewhere else. They're not dialed in. Okay? These are the people that we most need to ask forgiveness from. Yes, if you're a father, yes, if you're a mother, you have an obligation to ask forgiveness from your children. Okay? Ask forgiveness from them for not being present, for not being around, for hurting their feelings inadvertently. Okay? These are the people that we're most likely to hurt. Our dearest, our nearest, and our friends. Reach out to them. Who do you owe money to, Rabotai? This morning, I remembered that there was someone that I owed money to. So this morning I said, please give me your quick pay right now. I'm going to pay them as soon as we finish this class. You can't go into Yom Kippur owing people money. You spent money on Aliyot, you gave money to the shul, but you owe money to people, you do not have Teshuvah. So we need to gain forgiveness from each and every person in our lives. We need to make sure that we settle any outstanding debts. Okay? It's very important for today. Um, the next thing I want people to remember is, as we mentioned, there's a mitzvah to eat today. Try and be involved in eating the whole day. You have a sugar-free candy in your mouth. Every time you suck the candy, you have another mitzvah. Unbelievable. Okay? Great opportunity. Um, do the kaparot today, Rabotai. Make sure you've done the kaparot. If you have time, spend at least a half hour. Take your machzor. Open the machzor. Page through the machzor. Okay, what are we saying tonight? What are the important prayers that we're saying tonight? What's, what's the body of the Amidah? I'm not telling you you have to pray it. Okay? But at least go through it. 
Make sure you understand what's going on in the prayers. Kalnidre, what's happening? We're doing this thing which forgives us for the sins, for the, uh, the sin of making nedarim nedavot, from promising we're going to do something and not fulfilling it. Why is Kalnidre such an important prayer? Sounds like a crazy thing. Of all the sins that we do, that's the one that we have to open Yom Kippur with? Right? Maybe you would have said more important things. The answer is, Kalnidre is so important because we're about to spend the whole day with prayers, using our words to ask God for forgiveness, to ask God for a good year. If my words mean nothing, because I promise and I don't deliver, then my words, my prayers, mean nothing. So I make good on my word by making sure that I'm not obligated. So therefore, when I then come to say the words, Hashem, please bless me with this. Hashem, I'm going to do teshuvah. Hashem could buy what you're saying because you have no outstanding debts in terms of the words that you promised. My friends, uh, when we come to this uh, meal, I have a custom in my house that we take each one of the children and you spend two minutes with them. You give them a beracha, your wife, what you hope for them for the entire year. It can be one of the most beautiful moments when you're doing that. When you're doing the kaparot, rabotai, take the money and do it around your head. If you put your name on the list, fine. If not, do it at home. Take $20 for each person if you want. $18 I do because it's chai. And I take the money and literally, you know, each one. You have the different nuschaot, the different way you say it. For a man, for a female, for someone that you're doing it on their behalf. We arrive to Yom Kippur, we change our shoes and we come to the Beit HaKneset. Sorry, Mincha today, Rabotai is in the synagogue with Tefillin. It's very important to come to, to Mincha today, 2 o'clock in the synagogue, because we add into the Mincha, we add all of the, uh, the Vidui, Al-Khet, we add the Ashamnu Bagadnu. Why is, that, why is that the Halakha? Which says that we're worried that when the person eats this big meal, Barmenan, something should happen, they, should, they, they might choke. Okay? And then the person passed away before Yom Kippur without the vidui. So therefore, what do we do? We have a special vidui before the big meal of Kippur. My friends, this sounds a very bit, a bit of a strange idea. Because technically, you could choke in any meal. Why are we not always prefacing our meals with kapara? And I think one of the answers to this is it is important to recognize that at any minute we take life for granted, my friends. We take our chances for granted. There'll be another time to say Tishuvah. I'll get time later. What we're learning from this is, if you don't say Tishuvah now, who knows what happens when you go to eat something? You might uh, die in the meal. By understanding the fragility of life, by understanding the importance of taking every moment, grabbing every second, we approach this holiday in the right mindset. Sometimes a person comes and says, I'm going to pray tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be big. I'm a little tired, shacharit, musaf, I'm going to get dialed in. Ne'ilah. We're always leaving the time for later. But as the song goes, right? The cat's in the cradle. We're going to get together then. Right? We're going to have a relationship then, the guy tells his kid. You know? And what happens? They never do it. My friends, grab the opportunity that you have to do teshuvah right away and write yourself in the book of life. There are five things that a person is not allowed to do on Yom Kippur. What are the five things? The five things are, a person is not allowed to eat and drink, achila ushtiya. A person is not allowed to do sikha. They're not allowed to anoint themselves with any oils or any creams. We're going to go through each one of them. 
A person is not allowed to have tashmisha mita, which means marital intimacy. is not allowed. A person is not allowed to wear ni'ilat hasandal. A person is not allowed to put on uh, leather shoes. Okay? So each one of these inuyim of rechitza, uh, of washing, washing your hands, sicha, anointing yourself with any sort of oils or creams or moisturizers, uh, eating and drinking, marital intimacy, and wearing leather shoes are the five inuyim, the five uh, uh, afflictions that we have on Yom HaKippurim. The Pasuk in the Torah says, Ve'initem et nafshotechem, and you shall afflict your souls on this day. Why does God want us to afflict our souls? Why does He want this from us? Does God enjoy our pain? Is that the point? And the answer is, of course not. It is for us to be able to dial back in to our souls that we seem to have forgotten over the years. There's a great line that goes, you know, people always talk about, um, you know, that you, everybody, you tell everybody, you know you have a soul. And that's a mistake. It's not that you have a soul. A person doesn't have a soul. They are the soul. The soul has a body. How do I know that's true? Because we know the soul predates the body and we know that the soul will outlive the body. So if I'm the soul, I was there before, I'll be there after, who belongs to whom? The body is the vehicle for the soul while it's here in this world. Sometimes we forget that and we put so much emphasis on the body's needs that we forget about the needs of the soul. So what do we do on Yom Kippur? We dial back and we say, who am I really? Even though during this year, I put comfort before doing the right thing, right? Even if it's hard, I do the easy thing because I'm choosing the body. I choose foods when perhaps the foods are not kosher, when perhaps the foods are not kosher enough. Perhaps the foods were prepared on Shabbat the wrong way, but hajje, I'm not going to eat cold things on, on Shabbat. Turn on the oven so I have a hot food on Shabbat. No. What happens if I have guests, you know, and I burnt the, the food? I'm going to make something quick. I don't want to be embarrassed. They broke Shabbat because they don't want to feel embarrassment that the food wasn't prepared right. You know what? Tell the people you burned it. Well, look, there's no greater Kiddush Hashem on Shabbat than to say, you know what? That's the case. I got it dirty. I'm not going to clean it off on Shabbat because it's a sort to clean on Shabbat. Wearing that dirty jacket on Shabbat without having rinsed it in the bathroom, right, is the biggest kavod that you could ever show Shabbat. So my friends, each one of these things illustrates that we're choosing not comfort over, di- over our values, not uh, intimacy, not power, not love, not money. The first thing we choose is what's right. Doing that allows us to feel like angels. And that's why tonight, when we say the Shema, we add Baruch Shem Kivod Machutot. We say it out loud. That verse, the whole year, we say it quietly. Why? It was a line that was taken by Moshe Rabbeinu from the angels in heaven when he went to receive the Torah. When he comes back down, he teaches it to the Jewish people, but he tells them you can't say it out loud because you're not on the level to say that, those words out loud. The whole year we say it quietly, except for Yom Kippur. Because on Yom Kippur, when we don't eat, when we don't drink, we don't have relations, we don't have relationships, we don't put on shoes, we're acting, we're living the life of an angel. So therefore, we could say the things uh, that angels say. Okay, that is the idea of the five inuyim. So let's get to the halachot. Not eating and not drinking. The Torah says, if a person eats or drinks, the person receives the, the worst punishment, which is the punishment of karet, being cut off from the Jewish people, having the soul disappear, passing away at a young age. Wild. That means the Torah takes this very seriously. What is the amount that a person gets karet for? 
When it comes to eating, it's like a, a fat date. When it comes to drinking, it's one cheekful. So obviously a person who's very small will have a smaller cheek. A person who's very big, right, very tall, very built very big face, the cheekful is going to be a little bit bigger. But on average, that amount is 1.25 ounces or 40 milliliters, okay? The amount of a food is, uh, I think it's 30 grams, okay? Now, the idea here, my friends, is not that you're allowed to drink less than that. You're allowed to eat less than that. But you're not allowed to eat anything. You're not allowed to drink anything. But when we, when we for one reason or another, have to break that, uh, that idea of eating or drinking, like, as an example, if someone is in a life-threatening situation, so what we do is we give them to drink in small amounts, and then we space out the amount longer than the amount of time that it takes to drink something. So, as an example, I've, I've been dealing with many phone calls. Someone, as an example, is in a situation where they must drink over Yom Kippur. If they don't drink, there's a sakana, a danger they're going to die. So first question is, do you have to drink non-stop? If a person is in danger to their life to eat, to fast from food or drink, the halakha is, you break Yom Kippur, you don't worry about nothing. You drink as much as you want, you eat as much as you want. But when a person is not in a danger if they don't eat right away. So we tell them to eat or drink in shiurim in little amounts. So as an example, I had a phone call last night with someone who's not in a situation of life-threatening, but they need to take their medications and it's dangerous if they don't take the medication. So what did the person do? They're measuring today the amount of water that they need to be able to take. And according to many ideas, poor scheme, what you do is you put like a tea bag in it, so it becomes bitter, something that a person wouldn't normally drink uh, on by itself on Yom Kippur. So you have a small amount, you take a pill as an example, and he would swallow the pill with that. But of course, this all needs to be done by asking uh, a rabbi. Um, if there's a danger, the halakha is that we don't fast whatsoever. Rabbi brushing your teeth, Yom Kippur, no, no. Washing your mouth out, Yom Kippur, no, no. This is, again, the most strict. Other fasts, there's other things you could do. But Yom Kippur, we're very, very strict. We don't do any food, any drink whatsoever, okay? What happens when it comes to children? The halakha is less than nine years old. There's no fasting at all. It's actually not safe for a child to fast at a young age. Even if the kid wants to fast, we don't let them fast. From the age of nine years old, when the child's already old enough, heading towards bar and bat mitzvah, so they're already getting to the age where they're going to be obligated to fast. So what do we do with a child that's over nine years old? So the child is allowed to fast in the evening. But in the morning, we allow them to fast until chatzot. More than chatzot, we do not let them fast. In fact, in many synagogues, when they take out the Torah, the rabbi makes an announcement, all of the young children under the age of nine should go outside now, make yidush, and break their fast. Interesting, there's a halakha of making kiddush. Because if you're going to eat, it's a holiday. It's just that we can't eat on the holiday. So they make kiddush, they make the kiddush of Yom Kippurim. They say the pasuk of Yom Kippur, and then they say, Savi uh, Maranan, or whatever it is, and they drink what they need to drink. That's for children under the age uh, of nine. Above the age of nine, so the child fasts as long as they can. If they're 11, if they're 10 years old, if they're 11 years old, uh, if they're a girl, 11 years old, if they're a boy, 12 years old. Once they hit 12 years old for a girl, 13 years old for a boy, they are men and women. They are obligated to fast the entire day. If they come to a stage and it's a situation where they're sick or it's life-threatening, of course, the person has to break the fast instantaneously, if that's the case. 
And then, as we said, what a person should do with the small amounts. But just because a kid says, I'm hungry, he's 13 years old, 14 years old, he's hungry, I'm thirsty, I want to eat, I want to drink, that doesn't constitute, uh, what's it called, a, uh, an obligation. When it comes to people who are nursing or who are pregnant, the halakha is um, that a, 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 someone who's pregnant or nursing, if they're beyond the immediate frame of giving birth or, ner- or right after the, the time of birth, then they have to fast the entire fast, okay? And by the way, Professor Avraham, who ran Sharet Tzedek Hospital in Eretz Israel, he, it was the largest, the hospital that delivered the most babies in the world, okay? He said there's no medical evidence that there's any sort of damage that happens to a pregnant person or a nursing mother when they're fasting, okay? If they're, if they're what's it called? If they're in a situation of sakana or weakness, then of course the, the situation changes. If they are immediately after the birth, between, up to between three and seven days, the halachot are, are different. You have to ask a, a she'elah. But after that seven-day period, there's no reason why we would say that they have to fast. A piece of advice to nursing mothers is to drink a lot of milk before the fast and to hydrate well so they'll be able to, and as well to pump and to prepare formula for the child so that the child will be able to have. But the, there's nothing that happens to the mother or baby. If the baby's healthy, then they get. If the baby's unwell and needs to nurse from the mother, then the baby's sakana <coughs> can sometimes become the mother's sakana, and we therefore allow the mother to eat <coughs> in order that the child should be able to as well. <coughs> My friends, the next halakha is uh, not wearing leather shoes. As we said inside, if there's any part of the shoe that's leather, better to not wear the shoe at all. Why? Because the leather becomes a part of the shoe. Someone asked, what if it's only for... Um, uh, for adornment, let's say you have a pair of, uh, of cloth shoes with a Nike swoosh made out of leather. It's not doing anything for you. All it is is a little bit of decoration. According to some opinions, even that should be avoided. So if you can, uh, better not to. What if a person has no shoes? If you're seeing this today, go out and get. If they have no shoes to walk, it can be a sakana to be walking on the streets of Manhattan with no shoes on. Right? So in a case where they have no shoes but leather shoes, they can walk to shul uh, in those leather shoes, uh, take them off as soon as they get to the shul, or take them off as soon as they get home. Dachilat, please change your socks if you're going to do that to us. Okay? Next line, Rabotai, um, uh, is with regards uh, to, uh, with regards to the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, no, um, there's one more halakha I wanted to share with you about leather shoes, uh, and I forgot what it is. I'll come back to it if I get, oh, if someone is unwell, or they have extreme pain as well, the same halakha applies. Um, with, regards, with regards to anointing, using any oils, if a person has dry skin and they always put on moisturizer, moisturizer is asur. Deodorant that's, that has any sort of smell is asur. If a person has uh, non-smelling, uh, unscented deodorant uh, that is a spray, then they're allowed to use that on Yom Kippur, but of course it's preferable to not use that and to just put on, you put on a lot extra before Yom Kippur, I promise you, it lasts the whole Yom Kippur, antiperspirant, uh, no problem. Do not be using the natural deodorants that don't work for more than seven minutes because of course you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be there. Oh, that was the halakha I wanted to share. If someone is weak and they know that they're going to get to a stage that they're going to come to shul, they're going to be standing in the shul, they're not going to eat, they're going to, they're going to need to eat, they're not going to drink. Halakha says, better to stay home, not pray a word of the prayers the entire Yom Kippur 
and not eat and not drink. Stay, stay in your bed. Just so you understand how important fasting on Yom Kippur is. So important. So if, you're, if it means staying home, and that will allow you to get through the fast, and let me add to that. What if a person is drinking, like we said, every 10 minutes they're drinking a little bit. And they know that if they go to shul, they'll have to drink one more time. A little bit. Stay home. It's so powerful. So someone said to me, Rabbi, this is, I'm in that category. I can't believe it. I'm not going to pray at all. How could it be? I said to him, your avodah for Yom Kippurim is this. When the Kohen Gadol was the Beit HaMikdash and he was doing all the Korbanot, you think he was doing the Amidah? No, he was doing the Korbanot. That was his work for Avodat Yom Kippurim. The measuring out of the water, how you're waiting, you're clocking it every time, that is your, uh, the greatest adherence to Yom Kippurim that you could possibly be having. And therefore, that is uh, the Halakha. With regards to Tashmish um, uh, a person has an obligation, as we said, to refrain from marital intimacy on this day. So since that's the case, so we enact the separations that are normally there and present uh, in the laws of family purity during a nida. Uh, husband and wife should sleep in separate beds uh, if, they, uh, if they can, if they have one. If not, hazaka uh, baruch on the couch, okay? What else does a person have an obligation to do if they can? Again, they're allowed to, uh, according to many opinions, uh, they're allowed to touch or hand things from one to another, but that there should not be any acts of chiba, a person shouldn't kiss their wife or give her a big hug on Yom Kippur uh, out of uh, love or affection because showing that sense of restraint uh, as well is a tremendous honor and a kavod and a kapara on Yom Kippurim. Give her a big hug and a kiss before and tell her you'll see her in 25 hours, okay? Uh, it's no, no worse than any of the business trips you go on. Okay, my friends. The, the rabbi said so. The rabbi said so, okay, the rabbi said so. Uh, not, not only that, Rabotai, we also have the halachot, as we said, of rechitza. So what do we do when we wash our hands? We wash our hands only up to the knuckles. Washing your hands unnecessarily is asur even below the knuckles. So if I just want to wash my fingers for pleasure, dip them in nice warm water, asur. But if I have to wash my hands in the morning, I wash my hands up until the knuckles. What happens if a person gets dirty? If a person's dirty, the halakha is that they don't have to stop, they can wash their whole hand. Ironically, let's say a person is washing their hands because they need to eat bread on Yom Kippurim, what would they do? They would wash the entire hand because that is not a washing for pleasure. It is a washing for the mitzvah, okay? What if a child is, uh, poops themselves, unfortunately, now the mother needs to clean the baby? The halakha is the mother's allowed to wash the baby even though she's gonna get water on her hands. That's, uh, that's okay, okay? That's in terms of rehitzah, yes. Purell, if a person is putting on Purell because of the dangers of uh, COVID, the halakha is, we said already last year, that you're allowed to put on Purell even on, the, on Yom Kippurim. It's not, you're not putting it on or smearing it on uh, for the sake of anointing yourself. You're doing it in order to protect yourself from the germs and hopefully to, to stay healthy. With regards to uh, the last thing we said, eating and drinking, rechitza, nilata sandal, and what's it called? The last thing I wanted to bring up was the mitzvah of Yom HaKippurim. We'll end with this. The mitzvah of Yom HaKippurim. What is the mitzvah of the day? Do not get lost in this. The mitzvah of Yom HaKippurim is not to pray. The mitzvah of Yom HaKippurim is to achieve teshuvah. To achieve kapara forgiveness. We use prayer as part of that. 
But sometimes a person is so concerned with saying all the words that they, they were very careful to say all the words. But they actually, they didn't do teshuvah at all. I'll give you an example. Let's say you really upset your wife. So you want to make sure that when you apologize to her, you remember all the things that you wanted to say. So you write them all down and you come in with a sheet. And you read every word. And you didn't leave one word out. But you said it like a robot. Is your wife going to forgive you? No. Two words, I'm sorry, with the tears in your eyes, with the emotion that's there, are a lot more impressive and powerful than a thousand words with no emotion. Rabotai, take your time on Yom Kippur. Even if you miss a little bit, you miss the chazan, it's okay. You caught something in the machzor that caught your eye, sit in it, marinate, ruminate, okay? And other words that end with eight, okay? Rabotai, this is the mitzvah of the day, the vidui, the confession that you're making. When you're saying sorry, take the time to mean it. Who cares when you finish your amidah? It's irrelevant. Where are you rushing? There's no tennis. Djokovic already lost, okay? And you're not playing. Chalas. So what are you, where are you running? Take your time. Spend your time. Vidui is the name of the game. And if it's a lot of words in Hebrew, read the vidui in English. The halakha is, person is allowed to pray in any language. Don't be more religious than God. Halakha, Hashem says, halakha is that you pray in a language that you understand. Especially if you're meant to mean it. You don't speak Hebrew. What are you doing? Okay? Take the time today. Go through it. Make sure you're doing the vidui. Um, before we start the holiday, it is important. There's a special uh, tefillah that we say where everybody, we ask people to forgive one another. Rabotai, we say. Forgive everyone. Forgive one another. When you come into the holiday and you of not forgiving someone else, God also says, why should I forgive, forgive you if you don't forgive others? So when we forgive others, we also achieve forgiveness for ourselves. May Hashem bless us to be here, to this Yom Kippur, to be present, to fulfill the halachot, to do what needs to be done, to make sure that we're inspiring our children to follow the right way. Don't come to shul at 12 o'clock. Come in the morning, come early. We start praying, that's how you get in the zone. By the way, you come to the Amidah, you walk in at the 10 o'clock, uh, your eyes are still uh, sleepy, it's hard to focus. You come early, you say the Berachot, you say the Pesukei de Zimra, that was the point. And by the way, some of the nicest piyutim that were written, the nicest bits in the Machzor are there, they're in the morning. They're said before Baruch Sha'amar, they're gorgeous pieces over there that should not, they really, they cannot be missed. So please make sure to be in the Beit Knesset uh, on time. In the afternoon, there's always a break uh, over here. In every shul, there's a little bit of a break. Rabotai, don't lose sight. The break doesn't mean you're off of Yom Kippur. The break means that what? That you have a few minutes to rest up, to take a nap, to freshen up. You go for a little walk. Don't go for a walk with 20 people hanging out in the park making jokes. It's not the day for that. It's not the day to come back and, oh, I didn't like the hazan. It's too long. Lashon ara on Yom Kippur, creating a divide between you and the person who's leading your prayers. What are you doing? I don't like the rabbi's speech. <coughs> Even if you don't like my speech, 
Don't say on Yom Kippur. <laughs> Just tell yourself, Hazit, the rabbi is fasting. He's not on his A game. He's uh, terrible, whatever. Maybe Rabbi Mizrahi's speech will be better, okay? Don't, Lashon Ara, so important to stay away from. You, you see your wife and your kids during that time. Where were you in that era? You lost your temper, got angry on Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, Kol HaKoes, anyone who loses their temper, Ki'ilu Oved Avodazara, it's as if he worshipped foreign gods, wish he worshipped idols. Want to worship idols on Yom Kippur? Sometimes you see a guy walks in, 12 o'clock, you, you're in my seat, screaming, yelling, cursing. Better you didn't have a seat. Better you stayed home. Okay? My friends, let's not lose sight. Just think, if I was to be the purest self that I could be, if I was the angel version of me, what would it look like? And that's what you strive to be for 25 hours. The nicest, kindest, most gracious person. The most devout, the most focused. A person who's humble on Yom Kippur. They do everything they can. I'll never forget in the Deal Synagogue, um, my uh, dear friend Aaron was telling me there were two very wealthy people who were fighting over an aliyah, back, forth, back, forth, until finally one guy bid and he toppled, he won this bidding war, and he got the most important aliyah, the aliyah, I think it was of, uh, of uh, uh, I think it was, either it was Kalnidre, or it was uh, very important, it was uh, Maftir or not, one of the two. I don't remember which one it was. Very important aliyah. And they had a big bidding war for thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And all of a sudden, the guy who won realized that the other guy was doing it because uh, either he didn't have kids or his wife, he was buying it for his zakhut. He walked across the aisle and he said, Bechavur. He paid all the money. He didn't say, you have it for your bid. He didn't say, I'm sorry, I recant my last bid. He paid the flus, and he didn't go up for it. He gave it to the other guy. What a gorgeous zechut on Yom HaKippurim. My friends, pray for your families and pray for your competitors. Pray for the people you don't like. These are the zechuyot that we're looking for on Yom Kippur. Uteshuvah, utefilah, return, repentance, tefillah, prayer, and charity, they take away the evil of the decree, maybe to be written in the book of life, uh, long life, health, happiness, children, raising children the right way, uh, being led by proper government, uh, having safety in the streets, Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, economy that's successful. Please God, we should be zocheh to live in a world which has stability, not in a crazy world that we live in, where the Taliban takes over and then they ask the United States for aid. And by the way, I promise you, you wait and see. Watch us give it to the Taliban. Hashem should bless us. Hashem should bless us. Hashem should bless us. Without His berachot, we are nothing. So Hashem should please take into account uh, how we need him and Be'ezrat Hashem guide us in the proper way. Baruch Amen, amen. Rabbi Charanya.